This is mutual. Adventureland Media Production. The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Nineteen forty-three. The world has gone to war on two fronts. The fates of nations have been thrown into the winds of history. In Southern California, a team of ex-flying Tiger pilots have come together as a request from the President of the United States. Their job? To use their special military skills to protect the American people from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Together, they are the terrors of the skies. This is the story of The Lost Tigers. Tonight's episode, The Island Hopper. Tonight, we rejoin our story at the fanciful Bulldog Cafe on the edge of town under a screen of fragrant eucalyptus trees. The tall, comical piece of California crazy architecture did indeed look like a huge bulldog sporting a pipe. And was the favorite of local residents. Inside, the small diner served Latino field workers, the occasional visiting Los Angelino, and pilots from the nearby Chaplin Airdome. Let's listen as Gunny enjoys breakfast with his friend Cliff while waiting for a special meeting. Turn that noise off. I'm happy we're kicking the axis out of Africa, but I'm tired of hearing the news all day. Hey, Millie, can I get another cup of coffee over here? Shit thing, Cliff. Sam, give me a net of Maneva and a raft. Both dead eye. Dough well done with the carrot cover. And Murphy in the alley plus a pair of drawers for both. I gotta get some choppers for table three. Wow. Such fancy restaurant lingo, Millie. Good to see you again, sweetie. How's business? Okay, I suppose. Better since those long days during the Depression. But still a little slow now that war rationing is in effect. How about you, dear? Still in the wine industry? Yep. But I'm on a bit of a sabbatical right now. Remember my brother Oscar? Yeah, well, he's running the vineyard right now, and I can tell you, he's a bit grumpy about it. You know what? He can handle the pressure. I'll be back with a chow, Mr. G-Man. Alan will be serving tamales later if you want to come back. She loves you like a son. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. You too, Cliff. What about you? Still flying? Yeah, I'm a test pilot out in the desert now. Like you, I just can't break the need for speed. <laughs> True. Hey, thanks for selling me the GB, by the way. I know it was special to you. It was a gift from Howard Hughes over that first Rocketeer mess. I used that little honey to win the Nationals that year. I got my use out of it. Now it's yours. Well, I love it. Be careful. Those racers can be very unstable. You could land upside down in an orchard down there. Hey, how's Jenny, by the way? Fine. She certainly knows how to irritate me, though. See, she really wants to be famous, 
show posts for all these kinds of magazines out there, even the risque ones. Makes me so angry sometimes. I know the feeling. My friend Kate is kind of like that too. Yeah, I've noticed that. She's starting to show up in the papers a lot more. Like that big shindig at the Coconut Grove a few weeks ago? Thankfully you're not romantically linked to Kate. I really want to marry Jenny someday. She's just been so distant since the events of last year. Yowza! Look at that dame that just walked in. Hey, that's my guest, pal. Put your tongue back in your mouth. Sorry, Diego. Good morning, boys. What an interesting place. If by interesting you mean the most unique, you'd be right. Meaning no disrespect. I simply love the kinds of fun buildings I see in America, like the Big Donut and the Brown Derby in Los Angeles. We have huts, shrines, and temples in my homeland. Where are you from, Miss? Soraya. My name is Soraya. I come from... Uh, that's information we don't need to talk about today. Soraya, meet my old buddy Cliff. Charmed. Why, yes I am. What can I get you, dear? Do you have Bihoon noodles? What the Sam Hill is that? Only American food, princess. You choose. Whatever your specialty is. Finkas and studs over here, Sam. Do you mind giving us a little private time, Cliff? The young lady and I have some gossip to catch up on. Sure thing, Pop. See you over at Bigelow's? See you there in about a half hour. Glad you could meet me so far north of town. We're practically in the mountains out here. I need to talk fast in case the colonel has some goon following me. What's on your mind, sweetheart? Sato and the Baron are planning some kind of event in a few days, and I thought you might want some information on it. Of course. What did you hear? First, I need some reassurance that I will be protected when my time with the Imperial A-hole is done. Has Mr. A-Wall tell you otherwise? No, but Colonel Sato has made it very clear that if he ever suspects any involvement in treacherous activities in his staff, including myself, he would hold the entire family accountable. My family is still in enemy-held territory, Mr. Garcia. Oh, I see. You want the government of the United States to somehow find your royal family, get them out from behind enemy lines, and transport them all the way here? Yes, I do. And how do you think we're going to do that? Magic? That's up to you and your superiors to figure out. You know, we Lost Tigers don't have superiors. We are an independent group working with cooperation with the United States military. In whom your current mission depends on information from me, the mole, in the very household of your enemy. Now, do we have an agreement or not? I will relay the request to Mr. Awal. You know, you drive a hard bargain, young lady. I have everything in my world depending on it. Now, what shall I tell you as a sign of good faith? How about the event that you spoke of a moment ago? In a nutshell, the Baron and his supporters have stolen a ship and crewed it with American servicemen on active duty, all of German ancestry, who have promised loyalty to Mogger and the Fatherland. I heard them talking of it being a part of a future mission involving Japanese and German troops. Are you sure? I heard it with these two ears. They didn't say what the mission was, but that it would have terrible repercussions for the West Coast. I need to get this information back to the base. Wait, there's more. Apparently, the Nazis have recovered an artifact vital to the mission. 
It was found in an abandoned railroad tunnel in the hills just east of Sacramento. Whatever it is, it was kept hidden from the Chinese workers who helped build the railroads back in the 1800s and was considered of high importance. What is it? They have been calling it a key and say it opens the door to this tomb they've been going on about. It's so valuable that it's being hand-delivered to Baron von Mager personally by the captain of the stolen ship. It resides in his personal safe on board. Wait, that means it's coming here? Yes, they said as much. The ship will be tied at Berth 60 in San Pedro Harbor. Is this useful information? It may well be, Princess. I'll talk to the team and let them find out all they can about it. Thanks again for your assistance. You can thank me by making sure that myself and my relatives survive any events that occur from me giving you this information. I will do my best, noble lady. Are you going to be okay getting back to the compound? Yes, but I will need to bring some food back for my boss. I can arrange that. What's that horrible smell? Ah, that's Butch. He's the diner's official mascot. There he is, that fat old bulldog under the table. Damn that clip, he's such a prankster. Always causing trouble. Like to give that dog beef jerky, makes him gassy. I'm sorry, young lady. When I see that hot shot again, I'ma lay a frying pan across his thick head. Oh my. I thank you for your hospitality. I really must be leaving now. Gunny rode his beloved Harley WLI motorcycle south through the city, enjoying the warm Santa Ana wind in his face. He finally pulled onto the busy airbase in Long Beach. Inside, he discovered the other members of the Angel Squadron already there, relaxing in the front room of their old farmhouse. So what kind of adventure are you up to these days, Kate? I noticed you're carrying that AGFA camera everywhere now, even in private places. Are you working for the Press-Telegram or something? I just have hobbies other than planes, trains, and automobiles, and women. Oh, that's for sure. Phew. Around here. Bunch of dandies. I'm going to do something historic. Oh, boy. What's that, I wonder? Well, you don't have to be so excited for me. I'm sorry. I've been learning positively everything about my AGFA color camera, and, along with a few classes on photography, I think I've mastered the art. I would like to photograph all of you guys doing your duty and maybe open a gallery showing off my work. You do know this is a top-secret operation, right? Uh, yeah, I plan on taking photos of people, places, and events along the way. I'll leave the members of the team out of my gallery showing and publish them only after a mission is complete. Pending approval of declassification, of course. Which may never happen. Of course, buzzkill. Are you trying to pull the rug out from under me? Because if you are, Mr. Awell, I will knock you into next week. No offense, Miss Fury. I wouldn't want to see the side of you for which your name fits so aptly. And what is that? I would quit while you're ahead, my friend. I only meant that your name is Fury, and that's kind of funny. Handler or no, you are about to see my Fury. Okay, 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 okay. Children, children, let's just all take a breather. Great idea about that gallery, Kate. Thanks. I've secured space at the Academy Awards this year. Welcome back, Gunny. What did you find out? Soraya has given us a lot of information about a stolen ship and its voyage down to our neighborhood. 
And it's all in this report. What we don't know is what the mission of the ship is from here on out. Mogger's people have managed to borrow it right from under our noses up north, just like those planes we had to shoot down. The story is, the key is on board. That's a certainty. However, I doubt the Axe of Power stole and crewed an American victory ship, then sailed it halfway down the west coast, simply to hand over the next clue to Mogger. They could have mailed it. The vessel must have other, more nefarious purposes. Uh, like what? That's what Major Will and Trunkenhead Ned are going to find out. I'd like you two to sneak on board, scout out the situation, steal the key, and get out of there. Well, that sounds bloody easy. Well, I'm not as young as I used to be myself. This stuff is no longer a cinch. That injury of mine makes it hard to move. And what about me? I am older than you are, lad. Just get in and out as quick as possible. It's mostly an American crew, but they are German. Since you know German customs, I'd like to see you both blend in, disappear, and hope they never see you again. Well, yes! Uh, let me tell you, there was this one time in Cape Town. Oh, you would not believe the women in Cape Town. Anyhow, uh, as I was saying... Dr. Dunfer has a few new items to assist you both in your mission. The first is the disguise kit. It contains hair and makeup sets for you to turn yourself into someone else. I've used them a few times myself. Came in handy at the burlesque clubs downtown. <laughs> Say, this is really nice. I also threw in a little invention called a pen light. It's small enough to be of use in dark places, and still looks like a regular pen. Oh, this is great, lad. This certainly beats carrying a Coleman torch everywhere you go. Here is a special lockpick set. It finds the tumblers and opens the lock in mere seconds. In addition, here are two sets of my goggles for the both of you. Fantastic. I just love these things. To be returned at the end of the mission. I don't want you wearing them in public. Here's a little something I came up with yesterday. This looks just like one of those T-13 Beano grenades we used in the OSS. This is a sonic grenade. You twist the dial to wind it and throw it. In five seconds, it will create a huge flash of light and a small sound explosion that will disorient anyone within hearing distance. It causes minimal damage, but is quite a shock to the senses. Here are some earplugs as well. Excellent. In addition, Soraya managed to get two passes for you to get by the guards onto the ship. American IDs with fake names already on the ship's manifest. In all respect, the ship appears to be an upstanding United States merchant ship with American sailors on board. The difference is they are all Nazi sympathizers who have chosen to assist our enemies in this little adventure. And if we get into any trouble, can we expect help of any kind, or are we in one of those you're-on-your-own type of situations? Troops at Fort MacArthur stand ready to assist you, as do a team of rangers hiding in a warehouse in the Watchhorn Basin nearby. And what are this key we're looking for? What does it look like? It's made of special metal, from an asteroid apparently, that remains clean of rust and corrosion of any kind, even after a thousand years. It's a bright silver rod, 20 inches long, 6 inches around, with a raised relief of a lion's face on it. Dragon heads stand out on each end, facing outward like handles. How does it work? Nobody knows. If there is indeed a hidden tomb somewhere on our home soil, we'll find out what it does then. Bang might be able to help us with that. We just don't want the Germans to have it. Correct. Or the Italians, or the Japanese. And for God's sake, find out what else they're up to down in the harbor. Right then, we're on our way. Good luck, gentlemen. Uh, we'll take my jeep, Ned. We can get some uh, uniforms from the quartermaster at the main airbase across the runway and head on down to the harbor. We should be at the pier by uh, about 1,400 hours.
guard at the gate gave the two the briefest of glances and sent them into the yard. Go ahead. The two looked up at the long gray support ship in wonder as they drove up. The merchant cargo ships were the lifeline of the United States forces overseas. German and Japanese submarines had already sunk quite a few, but they were quick to build and without them the needed supplies of food, uniforms, weapons, and ammunition would never get to the boys. Your credentials, sir? Well, certainly. Here you are, sir. Ravenwood's the name. First Lieutenant A. Ravenwood. And this is Captain Bembridge, formerly of the British Army. That explains the mustache. Now, these seem to be in order. This way, please. I'll take you to the office of the deck. He'll be right with you. Here you are. Sir, this is First Lieutenant Ravenwood of the USS Fremont, assigned to this unit of the task force. Credentials are in order, sir. How do you do, Ravenwood? Glad to know you and glad to have some United States Army loyal to the Fatherland aboard with us. Well, thank you. Uh, by the way, is it possible to uh, give us some idea of what sort of assignment we're on here today? It's our first assignment with you guys. I'm sorry, Ravenwood, Benbridge, but all I can tell you at this point is that you've been handpicked for a sacred mission. But it might make you feel better to know that the chances are you'll see some action, especially at your age. You'll be given full details once we're underway. The supply officer will show you to your quarters. He'll set you up with steel helmets, life jackets, gas masks, and gear. I'll look in on you after the mess. <laughs> Best of luck, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Heil Hitler. Keep that talk stowed till we're out of the harbor, Benbridge. The petty officer led the two amidship and through the hatch, past the mess, and down the hall to the staterooms. He unlocked the door and watched as they laid their duffel bags on their bunks. The galley is down the hall if you wish to find something to eat. Well, thank you. The two middle-aged men closed the door to the hallway and opened the closet. Inside were German naval uniforms. They looked at each other and smiled. There was no way they would be around long enough to don the enemy's uniform. They quietly left the cabin and walked down the hallway toward the bow, intending to inspect the ship as ordered. No crew were visible as they emerged from the breezeway on the port side of the ship and looked out on the bow with the three covered holes under the cargo derricks. It's this way, old boy. They carefully walked out onto the deck and paused at the rear of the number three hole. William peeled back the canvas covering the 30-yard long storage area. Suddenly they heard voices talking up near the forecastle and stepped back into the shadows. You know what they're saying? Uh, our worst fears have been realized. They're talking about supplies, food, weapons, ammunition. Not for our lads, though. Well, for who, then? I'm not sure. But look at what's stacked up down there, Will. There are a lot of banana boats in here. Japanese Chuhatsu landing craft, too. At least three dozen in this space alone, man. There are four holds on this victory ship. They're planning an invasion, all right. I wonder where they're getting the infantry to fill up these things. Somebody's coming. Let's bash on. What are you two doing? Do you have clearance to be snooping around? Yes. I outrank you, petty officer. I suppose we just couldn't wait to get a peek at the vessels that will carry our fierce plans forward in this part of the world. 
This is just the start. We rendezvous with the Japanese off Catalina. We'll fill these boats with enough men to finally begin to invade California and the entire West Coast. Invasion? That is the plan. Have Haramager and the captain not informed you of the mission of this ship yet? But not yet. We're very excited to finally get to plan the offensive together. We may not always get along with our allies from the Far East, but we respect them. Great. Naga is here? Yes, have you been told nothing? He said he would fill us in once we were aboard. But we've been his loyal friend for many years. I just thought he wouldn't arrive till later. When I left the service, Hermaga and I enjoyed many adventures together in the X-ray battalion. Hmm, I understood he was a loner in his youth. A bit of a wild dog, even. I remember his ancestral castle was even called the Tower of Terror in the surrounding countryside. It's just such rumors that have made him perfect for the SS. Can you direct us to his cabin, least? Meet with him there before we set sail. We have some information that uh, the Baron will want to know about. Up there, two flights up on the cabin deck. Captain's office is where he's staying, right below the bridge. I can't wait to get off this American hate garbage scout stinks. I agree, Petty Officer. Thank you, and Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. After saluting each other, the relieved pilots went back the way they had come. Up to the cabin deck where the senior officer's quarters were located. Hey, look, Ned. There are screens on the doors up here. <laughs> oh, all the comforts of home. Ah, here it is. They found a note with the Baron's name on the door next to the captain's cabin. Ned pulled the special goggles from his pocket and slipped them on. He could just see through the door into the room. It was empty. Cautiously, they entered the small room and sat down. We're a few doors down from the radio room. Now keep it quiet. I've got the door covered. Good. Let's hope we don't have to use that old Webley pistol of yours. The crew would be on us in moments. William found the cabin safe and set to breaking into it. If anything of value were to be hidden on the ship, it would be in the captain's safe. Okay, I got it. Ned, look here. Oh, what is it? Folders, papers, and stacks of Reich marks. Must be 50,000 in here. Should we borrow any of the safe's contents? There could be important information in here about the war. Might come in handy later. Nope, we're here for one thing. This must be it. It's a small rod wrapped in Japanese silk. Put it in my satchel. Good. Now, after you, let's make our exit. The two left the cabin, walked down the hall, and made for the stairs after the midship house. They had to get off the vessel before someone tried to stop them. Maga will never recognize us with these disguises. My makeup job is superb. Nose I gave you looks better than one you were born with. Those glasses help, too. Well, thanks a lot. I'm glad you got to keep that ridiculous mustache, though. You know, by adding the silly assignment, you look even more English. If that's even possible. As they emerged into the sunlight, they realized the ship was leaving the dock and nudging out into the channel. Worse, the main deck and the two aft hold covers were swarming with sailors. Get down. Oh, this isn't good. You can say that again. This isn't good. <laughs> it's good you can keep your sense of humor when you're facing a whole crew full of Nazi imposters. I think I need to shrink my own head for volunteering for this at my age. 
Oh, come now. It's only a 30 or so against uh, us two. Not the best odds I know, but I've had worse. Oh, like that time in New Zealand? What was that, uh, 200 to 1? I didn't know you knew about that. I was there in country at the time. We all heard about the American who tried to negotiate with the Maori. At least they didn't side with the enemy. How are we going to get past these chaps? We can't just go down the plank and drive off anymore. Come on, just let me think a minute. Um, We could get to the ramp and jump a distance. They'd be on us before we could save God save the king. Let's just head down there and see what happens. They descended the stairs, down to the main deck, and moved toward the starboard side of the ship, eyeing the growing space between the dock and the railing. Ned noticed a tall, thin officer in a U.S. Navy uniform emerge from the armed guard quarters on the poop deck and climbed up to the rail above them. His aides joined him to appraise the ship's readiness. Don't look now. Baron von Mager just showed up and he's looking right at us. Oh, don't worry. He has no idea who we are. My disguise is up. To what do I owe the great honor of a visit from a couple of lost tigers? So much for your great disguise there. Now what? William and Ned winced as they watched the petty officer climb the stairs to the gun deck and step up to the Baron. Herr Mogger, your friends were sent to your quarters and will be waiting for you. Ah, there they are. Ravenwood and Bembridge. Those two army officers. Ah, uh, imposters? You sent these men to my quarters? Are you insane? I should have you shot, sir. Well, what is Silence, it? you fool. So, I am guessing you have already stolen something from my quarters that doesn't belong to you? Sounds the alarm. Well, that's that. All around them, men erupted from hatches and stairwells, dressed openly in German uniforms and carrying Mauser rifles. The tiger stuck behind the raised edge of the hold, and pulled their own weapons. You might as well give up, gentlemen. You are surrounded and outgunned. Just hand the key to the nearest infantryman and we'll return you to your... business. Why don't you just kill us and take it? You can't let us go now. You know about your little invasion plans. As you wish. Don't just stand there. Shoot them. There is no way off this ship, and we'll be at sea in a few moments. How do you expect to get away with my property? Well, we boarded right under the noses of your goose-stepping stooges. For men of our skills, this is child's play. What about this? The Baron waved at the men behind him, and the five-inch stern gun swung around toward the dock and unleashed its fire. It was shredded by the thirty-five caliber cannon shells. That was a gift from the President of the United States. At least it wasn't that Graham Hollywood automobile of yours. That car's a beauty. Yeah, it is. Not too bad for a seasoned island hopper, eh? Or a war veteran. (laughs) Oh, but uh, nice enough for a successful tiki bar owner who's given up the hard life to become a parrot head. Parrot head? Is that the best you can come up with? Pursue me. I'm British. Above them, the petty officer turned and noticed movement on the waters around them. Sir, I think you... What is it, Tunkov? Speak up! Uh, I think you should look disturbed, sir. The, the harbor patrol's following us, and they don't look happy. 
I think they heard the gunfire. Don't worry about them. Continue firing on these upsides. Too late. Oh, and the, the squad of Marines is coming around the corner of the birth building. Their rifles ready. Not to worry. Once past the breakwaters, they will not be able to stop us. I think the big berth is up at Fort MacArthur, our firing officer. And there's 90 millimeters on the Navy field that are swinging on. Damn it! Hey, Baron, if I were you, I would have your men drop your weapons and surrender. We have a little help waiting to assist us in this mission. I guess you don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah, actually, I do know who I'm dealing with. Two old geezers who should have stayed retired. Sato and myself had worked very hard to discover the source of the power hidden in the Tomb of the Ancients. Of course, Sato has different goals in the Third Reich. Auger! Stop shooting at us! You'll never get away with this! You Americans! Oh, and British! You people are really starting to annoy me! You've managed to thwart us at every turn. My Fuhrer may not care much about our operations in this part of the world, but I will make certain he knows all about you. He will send his best to hunt you and your stupid tigers. Bring it on. I prefer a good fight to all this sneaking around. Snell. Snell. Yes, sir. I believe it's time to bring out the professor's little flashbang. The Brit wound the small globe and threw it over the hold and onto the deck at the feet of the German soldiers. Hey, Marga, get ready for a surprise! They stopped firing and leapt back from the strange object. What is that? Get down, it's a bomb! Well, that didn't work. This mission is all bogged up. I think we're done for. You've been waiting just to use that one, haven't you? Well, on to plan B, I suppose. What is the meaning of this? How dare you insult my fury with this musical toy? That's quite the popular song on the radio these days. Haven't you been keeping up with the times? You are both dead. Do you hear me? Dead. Kill them. What are you saying? All right, it's time to jump, old boy. I say, I don't think so. That's a good 40-foot drop into questionable-looking water. And I'm dressed up like a dog's dinner. It's either that or we get a free trip to Nazi Germany in a coffee can. Come now. Surely you, an ex-SAS operator, can stand a little sludge. I never had training in that. Just pass or fail, buddy. It takes all the guesswork out of it. Well, then lead on, Braveheart. The Tigers leaped out into space and into the waters of San Pedro. The SS O'Connell raked the swells with fire from its 20mm cannons. But the escaped operatives were not to be seen. Behind the stolen victory ship, the harbor patrol opened up on the fleeting vessel with its own machine guns. The Axis forces cleared the breakwater and headed for sea past the looming bulk of the Palos Verdes Peninsula. Two heads popped above the surface and began swimming toward the beach next to the channel. Well, that's another fine mess you've gotten us into, Ollie. Very funny. You might want to swim for it. No need. There's a patrol boat coming right for us. Most of the great situation. It's like a slow boat to China. There is no bird. <laughs> 
to this song Cause I don't want to wait a moment too long To say that I'd love to get you On a slow boat to China William's mind went back January 1942 Dusk found the small group of gallant ABG pilots Sitting together in the small bar At their home base in Kunming With sleepy eyes, Diego Garcia eyed the softly glowing windows of the sleeping quarters across the street. They were all tired from the endless flights in the skies above China defending the Burma Road. It was Madame Chiang Kai-shek who had called them my angels with or without wings. Today they didn't feel like angels. But he knew that in a world awakened by war at Pearl Harbor, they were the best hope China had against its aggressors. They would fight on. Well, <laughs> that song is fitting. It was a slow boat to China that got you blokes into this mess, isn't it? Well, how about a slow boat toward China? That would be more like it. Maybe we should change the words to slow boat to Burma. Yeah. With an eventual flight to China. <laughs> oh, grand. Here comes the base MP doing his little patrol. Button up, boys. The army dicks are coming up. At ease, man. I hate to interrupt you boys, but I have told you many times before not to bring that cat in here. How did you come by a leopard, anyway? Uh, it belongs to one of the mechanics. Don't worry, he's tame. We don't let dogs in here. Why would we allow that? Point of fact is the sign there said no dogs. It didn't say anything about leopards. Well, I'm pretty sure it applies to all pets. Well, then go ahead and throw them out. Okay. Good kitty. Never mind. <laughs> you boys treat this war like it's a game, and this hostel like a fraternity house. It is a game. It's a game of attrition. Whoever loses the most planes loses the war, at least in the air. Well, enjoy your armored diesel. And stay out of trouble for a few hours, will ya? Don't get thrown in a lockup like Boyington. No promises. Hey, Tex. How about checking on the weather before Flight B gets back? I was just trying to get the Tokyo News report. Time for our day to laugh from Ms. Rowe. This is Tokyo Rowe, your girlfriend, with news and music. Just for you. And especially for the B-29 boys in China. Listen to me, boys. Fly back over the hump to India. I hate to think of all of you getting killed. We have too many fighter planes and too many anti-aircraft for you to get through. It would be suicide, boys. Suicide. And now, a little tune to remind you of home. They keep reporting our complete destruction at the hands of the loyal Japanese forces. <laughs> uh, it would probably be bad if they knew just how precarious our situation really is over here. Hopefully they think that we have our very own Chinese Air Force. There are only 18 of those old crates out there on the runway that even function. You think we'll ever get replacements soon? Replacements? with the enemy nearing Rangoon, it's going to be hard to get ammo, parts, and fuel out of Burma pretty soon. I doubt the old man is going to get any new planes as long as we remain outside of the regular military. 
The only replacements we ever get are pilots, and maybe a few of their broken-down ships from the first squadron, once the Japanese overrun Rangoon. We got one of their pilots today, as a matter of fact, Robert H. Neal. He was a Navy dive bomber before being recruited to the first pursuit group. Yeah, I saw him earlier. He was rather ragged. Went down to the American Hostel Club for a drink, then met up with Flight B. That guy is tough as nails. I heard he flew nonstop from Burma, navigating IFR to Lasso, then northeast, 21,000 feet over the hump. Planes coming in. Hey, boys, Flight B is returning. Oh, boy. Here's the hard part. How many? Okay. Here we go. Let's see. Two. Three. Four. Six. Six altogether. Must have been tough going. We lost one. I sure hope he bailed out. One of the Panda Bear Squadron boys tried that. The enemy straked him all the way down for his troubles. Might have been better to just crash and burn. Well, good thing we had the cloth panel on the back of our flight suits. Without the Chinese nationalist flag, the chop snap from Chiang Kai-shek, and the words in the Chinese asking for our safe return, we might all be mistaken for bad guys and killed in the field by the very people we were defending. I had mine sewn on the back of my A2 leather jacket. I swear, if we survive this mess, I'm never going to take it off. Smells like you never take it off now. Do you sleep in that thing? Sleep? What's that? With all the attempts made by the Japanese Air Force strikes on this airfield by the 54th Sentai, it's a miracle we ever get any rest. Well, they haven't taken us out yet. Well, we had another good scare the other day when you guys were on patrol. You should have seen it. The yellow flare went up and Chernol ran for the command bunker up by the graveyard. He was huddled at the dugout listening to the aides interpreting Chinese from the air raid net. When the report of heavy engine noise heard at Kayan came in, he pulled that pipe out of his pocket, popped it in his mouth. He seemed pleased when the red flare went up and the remaining planes took to the air. Now how did you see this event, Hill? I was in there too. No fool. (laughs) (laughs) I had a bum shoulder, couldn't fly anyway. Yeah, right. None of that cocky Australian bush hat you're not. Yeah. Here comes the new pilot now. In walked a tall, dark-haired man in a khaki flight suit, wearing a summer flight helmet with goggles perched on his forehead. He looks confident, but tired. He walked up to the bar for a drink, while the men stared. Hiya, fellas. I just flew in with Flight B all the way from Rangoon. Glad to be staying with you all for a while. Hey, glad I have you, Navy boy. Here, have a drink on me. Here's the tap. Let me introduce you, everybody. I'm William Sin. That's Diego Garcia right over there. Edward H. Scott III over there from the RAF-67 squadron. Uh, at the bar is Robert Smith. <laughs> and that young man in the ridiculous big Australian hat is David Hill. Nice to meet you. Hey, you boys have a nice gig going on up here at HQ. Our place is a dump. You know what it's like to eat curry every day? Our sleeping quarters were built like chicken coops and our toilets are nothing more than a little huts out back. You guys have a softball diamond, tennis courts, and is that a ping pong table by the bar? Yeah, and we uh, also screen movies in the dining room. We came from your neck of the woods a few months ago, so never mind the friendly talk, pal. What's the good news from Rangoon these days? Well, I gotta go to Chenault for debriefing, but I guess I can tell you boys first. We've been shooting down a lot more of the enemy Nakajimas than you boys up here. We hadn't heard that, right boys? Well, the Hanalissimo 
Shen Kai-shek is paying us a lot of money every time we knock one of those some bitches down. We have been. What's the score so far? It's five kills and two probables for me. Four kills. One was a fighter, though. Two kills. <laughs> one seagoing freighter, a train, two Japanese army trucks, and a saloon. <laughs> I've shot down 15 myself, and I almost lost my plane a few times in the process. Yeah, impressive. I took down eight lilies so far. So who's your ace around here? That was Mr. Hill over there. He's chewed up ten himself since being assigned to China. Well, you guys seem like a tight-knit bunch. We've been bombed back to the Stone Age down in Burma. So many of the locals have been killed or fled to India. Now we've been seeing a depopulated countryside. It's kind of creepy. The Sixtieth Sendai keeps up the attack and keeps pushing, and at this rate, the Imperial forces are going to capture Rangoon and close the other end of the Burma Road in a few months if we don't stop them. Well, things have changed since Skip signed us all up. The contracts we signed with Camco and the Chinese government looked like such a chance for adventure last year. Since December 7th, however, we've been at war non-stop. Sure, sure, I know that, buddy. I didn't think it was going to be easy. From $210 a month to $600 a month is a heady offer. Plus, you throw in a trip to China, a chance to see Asia and the rest of the world, and I didn't even have to fight the Germans. I thought it was a good idea at the time. Well, we all feel that way. Well, welcome to Site X and the Hell's Angels. Second Squadron is billeted at Hostel Number 1 in the north part of the city. Two men per dorm with bunks, chairs, desk, and a charcoal brazier. Well, we all should try to get some rack time. Colonel Chanel is meeting with us tomorrow for some positive feedback. We wouldn't want to miss that, huh, boys? morning, the exhausted men of Hostel Number 2 piled into jeeps and made their way into the teakwood classroom at the operations building. Moments later, in walked the handsome middle-aged colonel, sporting one of those Bombay pith helmets so popular with the men of the ABG, Claire Lee Chenault. He eyed his pilots with a small smile. They were his boys, and he loved them. At ease, men. I'd like to go over a few things today about how you boys have been flying lately. We're taking far too many chances up there, not paying enough attention to fundamentals. For instance, you, Diego. Yeah, oh, yes? You're not extending your dives enough when you're coming out of the sun. We're not an aircraft carrier, son. We lost Tyree. We lost Hutch that way. Yes, sir. You've got to make sure you're in the clear before you level off your dive. If you don't, you'll turn around one of these days and you'll find a handful of enemy ships on your ass. 
Okay, Colonel. I wouldn't want that, you know. <laughs> okay. Now, you, William, be more careful up there. You're too damn eager. You open fire long before the enemy is in range and waste ammo. You can't outmaneuver them. You must wait for them to make a mistake. Take it easy. Wait for the advantage, then go in for the kill. Leave them with your tracers. Yes, sir. One more thing, men. All of you need to take it easy on the ammunition. Don't spray it all over Lake Kunming. Make sure every shot counts. Short bursts will do the trick. The only way the Chinese can keep fighting is to maintain the supplies that come up the Burma Road. If you defend the Burma Road all the way up to Kunming, they may have a chance at winning this thing through. All right, men. That's all. If you have any questions, send a message to me and I. Message coming in from the warning net. 25 medium bombers coming in at 5,000 feet from the southeast. That's it, men. Scramble, scramble. Out of there, bail, bail. William Sin awoke from his dream, no. soaking in sweat. The events of the day on board the stolen ship had sharpened his thoughts of his own mortality, and it scared him. His early days in the Flying Tigers always seemed to haunt him whenever he was stressed. He relived moments of fear over and over in his mind, and wondered. If he had made a mistake joining his friends oh, in the ground in Never, he had to snap out of it. He splashed cold water on his face, pulled on his favorite Hawaiian shirt and a plain garrison cap, and went downstairs to the bar. He had slept the day away and needed time in the relaxing South Seas environment of his beloved boat. Evening, boss. Enjoy your nap. Oh, yeah, Harry. Oh, uh, mahalo. You got a couple of guests hanging over next to the cash register over there, giving the wahinis a hard time. <laughs> really? Who is it? You'll see. By the way, Harry, have you seen our regular bar fly recently? You know, the one that always sits in the same spot right at the end of the bar? You mean Norm? Nah. Hasn't been in about three weeks, boss. Will shrugged and poured himself a fruity Mai Tai, ducked the hull of a suspended canoe, and walked barefoot to the front of his themed restaurant. There, sitting in big rattan chairs, he found his Japanese handler and the old Brit sitting around a table drinking and laughing. They were dressed for the first time ever in Hawaiian shirts and slacks. Aloha, Mr. Sin. Come join us. Well, 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 what are you boys doing here? Well, you're always saying that we should lose the coats and ties and take it easy. Well, here we are. We thought we'd come up for some of these tropical treats you talk about. Some of these uh, poo-poos and uh, good steel guitar music. Hmm? I'm surprised and pleased. Sorry if I seem a bit out of it, guys. It's been a long day. No joking there. All kidding aside, how did the mission go, gents? Well, we got the package all right. Kate delivered it to the base for us. We survived well enough, I suppose. I figured that was the case when I got a call from the Navy saying they fished two wet rats out of the drink. 
Well, we enjoy a good dip in the polluted water of the nation's greatest shipping port now and again, don't we? Just took a while to get all the gunk off my skin. Ugh. Not to mention that we had a ball bean target practice for a whole ship full of deck guns. You seem to be well-rested, Ned. Sure you're not getting too old for this kind of thing? Well, that was nothing. I once leapt off the vertical stern of the RMS Titanic into freezing water. Next to that, today's exercise was a stroll in Hyde Park. The Titanic? Why, yes! It just so happens I was an officer's mate that night. And you see, as I was going past this one room, I looked in and there was this beautiful woman laying across the couch having a picture made. My, she was a looker, I'll tell you. At any rate, as I was walking down, I heard someone yell... Oh, oh, oh look, here comes Professor with the key. What's the good word, good doctor? Well, good lord. What happened to you, Dunfer? We're the ones that went out and got into trouble. Your head is bandaged and you have cuts all over your face. I don't want to talk about it. Well, if you could talk about the artifact that was recovered by the Germans, that would be just great. Yes, of course. I've done a complete analysis of the item in question. It's made of nickel-iron alloys, and some Chinese craftsmen went to great lengths to conceal its true purpose. The skill used in making it is beyond us today, even with our modern smelting knowledge. Well, after what we've been through to get it, what's it do? I haven't been able to determine any way to open or unlock it yet. The two protruding dragon heads on the ends of the rod do ratchet in a circular motion, and there are some small notches along the circumference of the ends. It's as if aligning the dragons has some kind of mathematical significance. I just can't figure out what it might be. Maybe Bang can take a look. So, Dr. Dunfer, I thought it best to report that your little sonic bomb didn't exactly work today when you wanted it to. What gives with that? I'm so sorry. There are times when my technology has its faults. Uh, why? What happened? We were in the thick of fighting on the O'Connell, and the... Um, and getting shot at! Uh, we wound your little toy and threw it right in front of the Germans, and it didn't go boom. We had to run for it. I don't understand. What did it do? It started playing music. Well, I did use the same housing on my shower radio. Oh my. I'm so sorry, Major Lieutenant. About what? That explains why my bathroom blew up this morning. Stay tuned next time as our Chinese mechanic is called upon to take on a mission that could be the end of her. Will the Axis powers find the tune first? Remember, now is the time to join the fight. Whenever the enemy threatens our freedom, wherever liberty lies in the shadows, however difficult the mission, the Lost Tigers will be there. The Lost Tigers, The Shadow of Evil is a non-profit production and a fan fiction. A celebration of all the writings, films, and audio of great adventurers throughout time. All music and sound effects belong to their originators. No copyright infringing claims are intended. This Adventureland Media production was created by Alan Douglas and Renee Garcia. Written by Alan Douglas. Directed by Renee Garcia. Sound mixing by Alan Douglas. Copyright 2012. This Lost Tigers radio drama featured the voice talents of 
Steven Tyler as the narrator, Brian Kinoshita as Mr. Awal, Rene Garcia as Gunny Garcia, Alan Douglas as Major Will, Dan Shippey as Shrunken Head Ned, Jennifer Garcia as Kissimmee Kate, Daryl Lansing as Dr. Dunfer, Ian Stewart as Baron Von Mager, Greg Foster as the Petty Officer, Vilma Vasquez as Millie, Zach Stedman as Cliff Secord, Scotty Morrison as the MP and the Deck Officer, Oscar Garcia as Harry Who, Tom Constable as Colonel Chenault, David Steinbeck as R.T. Smith, Josh Adello as Tex Hill, Charles Michael as Robert Neal, Soraya Valifadosi as Princess Soraya. If you are enjoying this old-time serial drama, come to our official website and see what all the excitement is about. There you'll find all of our podcast information, character blogs, bloopers, etc. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. Tell your friends. For more information, visit AdventurelandMedia.com. This old-time radio drama was made for fans by fans. Hi, I'm Persephone Rose, executive producer for Postal Roach and the creator of Emperor Pigs. I'm a huge fan of audio drama. And if you're listening to this right now, I've got a sneaking suspicion you might be too. So make sure your headphones are plugged in tight because you're going to want to hear this. From July 24th through the 26th in 2020, producers, directors, composers, writers, actors, technicians, and fans of audio drama are gathering together for the world's first international modern audio drama convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia. This is going to be amazing. If you like panels, there's going to be panels. Workshops, they've got them. Studio sessions, swag events, live performances... And most importantly, all your favorite creators are going to be there. You can get all the details and purchase your tickets online at www.madcon.com. That's M-A-D-C-O-N.com. See you at MadCon. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.